0: Dr. Chinway Williams is a licensed professional counselor, a board-certified counselor, and a counselor educator and supervisor. She earned her doctorate in counselor education and practice from Georgia State University and her master's degree in counseling from the University of Georgia. With over 15 years of experience working with adolescents, young adults, adults, couples, and families, Dr. Williams utilizes a warm, collaborative, light-hearted, and strength-based approach to counseling. We consider her a dear friend, and now her husband, Lonnie, too, and we're so honored to have Chinway and Lonnie on the podcast today. You two, we are so grateful to be having a conversation with you, and this is the Friday of the Monday of the Covenant School shooting, and it's just been an impossible week, and you always, Chinway, are such a dear friend to us and have been so kind, and I think Knowing that we were going to get to have a conversation with the two of you and knowing that today was going to be a little time spent with y'all has been a real gift to us. And your friendship is always, and Lonnie, yours now too. You're just getting brought into the family here. So, really (laughs) grateful for y'all carving out this time with us. Yes, we are. Yeah.
2: So, I just want to say thank you, thank you, thank you for what you are doing for your community. I can't even imagine what life is like for you and for families and for the entire community. So I've been praying for the both of you. And I just want to say, thank you. I just want the Lord to just strengthen you mm. and comfort you and replenish you and refresh mm. you in the same way that you are refreshing others. And so, yeah, the Holy Spirit will abound in hope.
1: So mm. thank you. Mm. Thank you, friend. Thank you, friend. Yeah. Thank you so thank much. You.
0: Yep. That's why God wanted us with y'all today. So thank you. (laughs) You are our only podcast guest that will have aired three times because obviously we trust your voice and Lonnie's yours too. What's by proxy? Is that the way to say that? (laughs) (laughs) Right. We are confident because you are married to this woman that you are an amazing guy. So. Just really grateful to get to have a conversation with you. And if you all have not heard Chinwei's previous episode on how to talk to your kids about race, please go back and listen to it. It was wonderful, which is why we've aired it twice. It was amazing. So much truth, so rich. And we are so excited to get to be with you again. And so we all jump in and talk a little bit about yourselves, about your family, and I was going to say, talk about why you're a voice that we trust so much, Chinway, but I think they'll know immediately as you start talking. (laughs) And again, Lonnie, we're just pulling you into all these things. So we all just talk a little bit about yourselves.
2: Yeah. Well, I am a mental health therapist based out of Roswell, Georgia, which is a suburb about 27 miles north of the Atlanta airport. For those of you who are familiar with the Atlanta area, Um, I am also a certified EMDR clinician, which means that I deal with all things trauma. So I love and have the privilege of helping individuals and families navigate just all the different transitions in this thing called life and transitions, as you know, can be stressful and even traumatic for some. So that's kind of what I do professionally.
3: I am a toxicologist. I've worked in a variety of industries over the past 15 years. And in my current capacity, I'm a toxicology and a STEM consultant, also a keynote speaker. And I'm also the owner, founder, and creative director of STEM YM Inc., which is a company that I created, which basically is designed to interact with communities and educators and administrators of a variety of organizations to introduce STEM into underrepresented communities via assemblies, workshops, and mentoring programs and leadership forums.
2: And the fun part is we met at UGA. Go dogs!
3: (laughs) (laughs) I love
1: that.
2: Lonnie, that is so cool. I'm so glad to hear what you're doing.
0: And I have to tell you, it makes me feel a little bit better because you may have known that we, Chenwei. I don't know how many years ago now we met you. Three, maybe? Yeah, I
2: Um, think that's like right before... Yeah, like right before COVID or maybe as COVID was hitting.
0: Yes. We have been begging her to move to Nashville and join our staff at Daystar ever since. And my hunch was you were part of the reason she keeps telling us no. And so now that we know what you do, we're a little more okay with it because you're doing a lot of good in the world. But just know we might be a smidge resentful of you (laughs) in our time together.
1: Yeah, Lonnie, we've been working really hard from this angle to try to get you to relocate to Nashville. Just (laughs) crazy about that (laughs) wife of yours. But tell us about your kids.
2: Yeah. So we've got three. We've got Jalen, who's 19. And Jalen is a sophomore at Kennesaw State University. It sounds weird coming out of my mouth because if you saw her, she looks 14 years old, but she's 19 and so smart and precious and conscientious. And she's studying computer animation. And we've got Brayden, who's 11. And he is curious and, and charming and super smart. When I do talks with parents, I always share that he is on the autism spectrum. He's just a light in our life. And then the baby, who is no longer a baby, is Noah, and he's seven. And he is smart and talkative <laughs> and very <laughs> charismatic, actually. So we've, yeah, we've got our work cut out for us with these guys at home. So.
0: I love following you on social media and seeing their pictures. They're adorable. So fun to see.
2: Thank you.
1: Well, Chen Wei, since we have had you on, you have written a second book called Beyond the Spiral, Why You Shouldn't Believe Everything Anxiety Tells You. And I yes. want you to know, I just this second pulled it up on Amazon <laughs> and it came up, popped up as a number one new release. Woo! On Amazon, which makes me happy. And if you are listening right now and you've not ordered it, order now and we will keep it as a number one release. That's our goal through this podcast. Will yes. you tell us a little bit about what inspired you to write the book and what you hope readers will gain from it?
2: Yes. Yes. Thank you, David and Sissy. We are so excited about this. So I co-wrote this book with Will Hutcherson, who is a next-gen pastor out of Florida, he is the same person that I wrote scene with. And as we were traveling around the country, talking to parents and caregivers and grandparents and educators about scene, which is really about supporting parents as they support their kids and their teenagers through despair and anxiety, which is just too relevant right now, as you guys know, we would always get the question over and over again, okay, so can I give this to my teenager? And we're like, no, 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 this is for you. And they would say, (laughs) oh, okay. And of course I would mention your books, of course. But then we were sort of inspired to try to create something for teenagers. And at first we thought about a workbook, we thought about a podcast series, and then we landed with our publishers at Orange on the idea of writing a book specifically for teenagers and young adults around battling anxiety. And as you both know, teenagers and young adults are really experiencing the highest rates of anxiety of any group. And we're all feeling it. But that group in particular, they're dealing with academic pressures. They're dealing with Social pressures, they're trying to figure out what they're going to do with their lives. And it just keeps mounting. Cultural pressures, of course. And then, of course, what you guys are experiencing in Nashville, just really scary things that are happening in our world. So, anxiety on top of that doesn't help anything. And some of that brings about the anxiety. So, we wrote this book to really. Offer some tools. And what we love about this book is that we really approach it from a holistic perspective. So, what can you do nutritionally? What can you do socially, relationally to manage your anxiety? And then also, how can you invite God in? So, Mm -hmm. we address lies and then we address the truth and Mm -hmm. practical ways of inviting God in.
0: So grateful and so needed right now. Thank you. Thank you for coming at it from all those perspectives because we all need to counter those lies with truth.
1: We yeah, will be talking about that book in our office all <laughs> yes, the time. Yes, we
0: will. <laughs> thank
2: you guys for inspiring us. So, yeah, mm. if you flip through the pages, you may notice how you've inspired us. So, mm. thank you. You're so kind.
0: Well, when we travel, we talk a lot of folks with parenting questions regarding kids who are neurodivergent. Would you all be willing to define that term for us in case anyone isn't familiar with it? And what would you all say that you have learned from an amazing guy who faces
2: those kind of hurdles? Ooh, That's a big question. I'm going to start with the easy academic question first, okay. <laughs> and I'm going <laughs> to let Lonnie tackle the heart one because, yeah, woo, it's been a journey. So For your audience, the term neurodivergent actually came from another term coined by a sociologist named Judy Singer. She's from Australia, and I think she coined it in 1998. And it's just the recognition, and the term is neurodiversity, and it's just the recognition that our brains are unique and we learn, we socialize, we pay attention in different ways. We have different temperaments, we have different moods and that's all based on the way that we're wired as you both know. So neurodivergent is just a term that describes how people's brain develops and works differently. And so that means that we're going to have different strengths, we're going to have different struggles from people especially who may be more typical in the way that their brain develops. So that's kind of the way that I would describe neurodiversity and neurodivergent. And in terms of our kiddo, Brayden, I'm going to let you start because I'll get the tissues later.
3: (laughs) (laughs) You know, we've learned a lot, obviously, over the years, but The main thing that I've learned is just a new appreciation for patience Mm -hmm. and really selflessness. And really, I learned a lot about myself because, you know, I think for a good part of my life, just based on me trying to develop a career, I was more so me focused and definitely looking to drive myself forward in the world. But now, you know, my focus has shifted. I'm more so focused on understanding autism and also what our son's needs are, and just how to address those and meet those needs for him.
2: Yeah. So I think for me, what Brayden, who I mentioned, is 11 now. What he's teaching me. Well, first of all, let me just share that I am an overfunctioner. Mm. So what that means, basically. <laughs> but I'm sure there's a lot of people like me. So. My stress and my anxiety sort of manifests in doing and doing and doing. So I don't sit still, I do more. And so that's actually just one way that people manage their stress. And so for some people, overfunctioning is just part of their daily routine. That's just kind of the way that they do life. But for me, I do more overfunctioning when life gets more stressful, when life gets more intense. So when I became pregnant with Brayden, he's my first baby, our first baby. So we were reading all the things, going to all the seminars. I was actually teaching child development and I think got two OBs, (laughs) OBGYNs. One was supposed to be (laughs) on call. I got a doula. I did all the things. (laughs) And I remember there was one woman that said, well, a, a doctor, and she said, well, I don't, have any room on my calendar. I just won't be able to deliver your baby for about a year. And I remember saying, what can I do to get on your calendar only because she had a PhD and an MD and Lonnie was like, but does that make her the best person? I said, yes. (laughs) (laughs) So that whole over-functioning, because that's a stressful period, right? And there's lots of expectations and lots of fears and it's new. I was just trying to manage everything just so and Brayden ended up with autism. And so what he has taught me and probably us throughout the years is let God be God, to relax, to lean into God's plan, and to just trust in God's perfect timing. So I think that's what I would say. And Bray actually is so faithful he memorizes scripture better than the both of us. He, when we're tired on a Sunday, he's like, "Can we go to church?" We're like, "Man, yeah, we're going to go to church." <laughs> so that's, I think, what he has been teaching me.
1: Mm. Thank you both. Mm-hmm. Thank you. And Chinwei, you know this from our friendship. You are in the company of two folks who manage stress by overfunctioning too. So you're just with your people right now.
0: <laughs> yes,
1: you are correct in that suspicion.
2: Yes, just
0: 10 minutes ago, David said, we have gotten more done today in terms of getting all our lists done for our recording day than ever. What do you think's going on? And I said, you know what's going on. How clean is your house right now? You know, in the midst of being yeah, sad, we're over-functioning. All the stress yeah. we've carried this yeah. week. There it is. That, that's Right. David, are you planning any big gatherings this spring?
1: When those kids of ours come home from college next month, I imagine some crowds will form, and I can't wait for us all to be together again. Mm.
0: Have you heard about Every Plate's new Big Batch Faves? It's their selection of hearty meals perfect for big gatherings.
1: Oh, I bet Connie would be excited to hear this. Tell me more.
0: They're made to go in the slow cooker. Comfort food like Tex-Mex black bean chili and beef bolognese.
1: Okay, now I'm hungry. (laughs) We've already loved the money we've saved because Every Plate is 25% cheaper than grocery shopping. How do you think we're paying for these kids in college? (laughs) Now they've made it both simple and affordable to feed a crowd.
0: Whether we're feeding a small family or a large group, Every Plate is America's best value meal kit.
1: Get started with Every Plate for just $1.49 per meal by going to everyplate.com slash podcast and entering code RBG149.
0: Go to everyplate.com slash podcast and enter code RBG149.
1: And Chinwe, we'd love to ask you just in knowing all of what you know about child development, is there anything in particular that you would want to say to parents of remarkable kids who've been identified on the spectrum about development?
2: Yeah, there's a whole lot that I would want to say, which is interesting because in the beginning I didn't want to say not one word in that was a manifestation of trauma. Mm. And now I'm being obedient to God's encouragement of me to share a little bit more. But for those of your listeners who aren't very familiar with autism, I just want to share that it's a neurodevelopmental diagnosis that typically manifests in challenges with communication and socializing and repetitive behaviors. And this is really important, I think, to share that the prevalence rate has increased considerably. So you guys probably know this right now. The CDC says that one in 36 kids have been diagnosed with autism, not suspected, not showing signs and symptoms, but diagnosed with autism. And when Braden was born, I'll never forget, it was 1 in 68, right? Because I read all the things after I found out and just needed to know more and more. And it's 1 in 36. And just a couple years ago, it was 1 in 44. Boys are usually four times more likely to be diagnosed than girls. And so the word spectrum really does speak to just how diverse and different the symptoms can manifest in terms of it could be mild language issues, difficulty processing, sensory difficulties, all the way to aggressive behaviors, which I think this is kind of where I wanted to land because I've been praying about this. What do I really want to say to parents? So if you have a child with autism spectrum disorder, ADHD, or any other behavioral challenge, you know what a meltdown is and you know what a meltdown feels like. And it can be really challenging for even the most, I think, seasoned, the most patient parent. So when I began to sort of witness Braden's meltdowns right before three years old, I was like, what in the world, right? I'd been around, he was my first baby. I'd been around kids before. I just had not seen anything like that. It was pretty intense. So this is what I want to say to parents. In the same way that we have to sort of keep our expectations in check in terms of what's developmentally appropriate for our typically developing kids, we also have to kind of understand that we're human and that we're going to have these big reactions, just like our babies are having these big reactions. And so regardless of any sort of diagnosis, a child that has big feelings and big behaviors will trigger our own fight, flight, freeze response. And so our lids will be flipped when we hear hurtful things, when we see behaviors that are unsafe. And we're going to be very honest with you, Sissy and David, we've had a couple of text messages from teachers this past week. I just feel like everybody's feeling everything, right? And so that can throw us off as parents, but we've got to remember that our kids won't even develop their frontal low capacity girls, mid twenties now, and for boys closer to like 30. So it's going to be difficult for us to expect our kids on the spectrum or with ADD or other behavioral issues to act appropriately all the time. They're just doing the best that they can. So I always say to parents when I do parenting talks, kids don't learn from harsh words. They don't learn anything healthy. They don't learn from a harsh response or a critical word. So for us, by the way, the truth is we don't either. We don't learn from that. Nothing positive. So I always say to parents, and we try to model this at home to stay as calm as possible. And I know you guys are doing a lot of this right now this week, reminding parents that our kids are going to pick up from our nervous system. So whatever we need to do to stay as calm as possible when in the face of high anxiety or meltdown or despair is going to help our kids. So say that prayer, recite that scripture take a couple of deep breaths and most of all, just be gentle with yourself as you're being gentle with your
3: child. Mm. Wow. Yeah. Just to add a little bit to that, I, obviously I'm not an expert on child development, but just speaking as a parent, you know, one of the things that I do, you know, based on my background, you know, I tend to lean more so on the research and the the literature, trying to understand, you know, what's going on in in the world in terms of autism research, what are the latest developments, what are some strategies that, you know, we can learn and try to implement at home. So for me, just trying to continue to learn as he grows and evolves and as the science evolves is something that has been helpful for me.
0: Y'all, thank you. Such thoughtful, <laughs> yes. helpful, practical ideas. Yes, that is wonderful. And, and I think you've already kind of mentioned some of this, but would love for you to say more. So we talk a lot about skills being like muscles with parents. And all kids have certain muscles they need to linger a little longer around. And you mentioned social skills. I know they're maybe some others, but what would you say are certain skills that kids on the spectrum really need to work on developing and even how to help them maybe do that?
3: I would definitely say one of the main things that, you know, we've stressed and tried to work with Brayden on is learn to be independent. I definitely understand the importance of that so that he can function in the world independently But I will say this, you know, now to my defense, just based on the way that I grew up, you know, I grew up primarily with my mother and my grandmother and they both were doers. I mean, they took pride in doing for us, you know, all of the kids and even the grownups. When people came around, they were, you know, serving people, making sure everybody was comfortable. And so, you know, I inherited that from them. So I take that same level of pride in doing for my family. And so that manifests itself sometimes as me being too much of a doer for the kids. Our younger son, who is seven years old, he is in that stage where for him, he wants to do everything himself. He doesn't want any help. And so when I get into that mode of trying to do something for him, he will stop me dead in my tracks and say, dad, let me do it. I can do it. I want to learn this thing or that thing. And so uh, he keeps me in line with that.
2: It's like he went to one of your seminars. (laughs)
1: Like, let me do it. (laughs) Let me do it. And Lonnie
2: wrote that part down when you guys came to North Point. He wrote that part down. I did. I really (laughs) (laughs) did.
1: I love that.
2: You could probably tell from my personality, you guys have known me for a while now, that I really value play. And I think Mm -hmm. play is a skill that our kids, regardless of ability status or just any sort of developmental challenge need to have. I I feel like kids' job is to play. And so playing, as you know, helps to develop really important skills, coordination, right? Physical coordination, social-emotional skills even self-confidence because you're learning something new and sometimes it's challenging. And so we know Lonnie and I experienced this with raising Brayden, but also talking to other families who have children on the spectrum. Many kids and adolescents on the spectrum have trouble with sensory integration and even motor challenges. That's why we need occupational therapists and other therapists. So that impacts their ability to participate in school the way that they would want the way that the teachers would want them to. It impacts their ability to socialize, which is really sad because Brayden loves people, which is not very typical for a lot of kids on the spectrum. But there's a saying in our community, if you meet one child on the spectrum, you've met one child on the spectrum, right? Because everybody's challenges, you know, just manifest so differently. So Bray loves to be around other kids. He loves to be like when we have our big, huge family gatherings, he just gets so giddy. But if another 11 year old walks up to him, he's going to run behind a tree and be anxious. He's going to immediately go into fight or flight because he's like, wait a minute, I don't know. (laughs) I don't trust this. I trust adults. I don't trust you. And so What we've been doing is really, and I would encourage parents to do this too, especially if you've got younger kiddos, we started really young, and I think you've been so great at this, Lonnie. is just helping our kids to develop these important skills that come from play by providing fun activities. Like we've got Jenga, we started that really early. Bray loves that. And what else we have? Oh, matching games are actually really helpful to develop the coordination and the social skills and even the emotional maturity skills. Just whatever they're interested in. There's one that you play with the boys a lot. I can't even remember because I leave the room when they start that one. (laughs) Yeah,
3: there's one one called Zingo.
2: Is that a matching game? It is. is, He loves matching games.
3: Yeah, yeah. yeah. But there's Mm.
2: one that I play with you guys sometimes.
3: There's, the uh, colors there's Candyland Candyland do you remember uh, that uh, sorry <laughs> yeah
2: yeah uh-huh so I would say that that's a skill that would be fun for parents to help their kids to develop mm. so helpful Candyland's my favorite <laughs> <laughs> I walk out of the room because my boys get real competitive sissy I'm like I'm out <laughs> I'm like it's Candyland can we all get along
1: yeah, we boys can turn Candyland into a serious competition, can't we? Yes.
3: Yeah, you would think that there was real candy involved. Right. <laughs> That's right.
0: David, there is no doubt education is changing. And now more than ever, kids need more than a one-size-fits-all learning experience, which is why I love telling our listeners about Ethos
1: School. As a Christian online school, Ethos understands the responsibility parents feel to ensure their child develops academically, socially, and spiritually.
0: Maybe you wanna homeschool your child, but the thought of mapping your child's academic path to prepare them for college
1: feels overwhelming. Ethos partners with parents to shape their children as whole people, offering over 100 relational high-quality online courses for fourth through 12th grade students, including multiple world language, math, dual credit, and advanced placement options and weekly time with a live teacher and classmates.
0: At Ethos, families can choose either a single course or a full course schedule when they enroll their child.
1: Right now, Ethos School is offering to waive the $95 enrollment fee for our podcast listeners, plus a complimentary academic counseling session to plan your child's academic journey.
0: Visit ethoschool.org slash rbg Or click the link in our show notes to take advantage of the waived enrollment fee offer and to plan your child's educational journey with an Ethos academic counselor.
1: Visit ethoschool.org slash RBG today. You all have offered so much encouragement already to parents. I'd love to ask just Stephen. is there anything else you would want to say to encourage parents? And even as I was listening to you talk about the sibling relationships, even any encouragement specific to the sibling dynamic Mm. as you think about your family? That's a good question.
3: Well, at a high level, one of the things that I would say is that each year or each season of life is certainly going to bring about different challenges or new obstacles or hurdles. But at the same time, Mm. it's also going to allow you to see Your child's development, you will see that their personalities are going to change and blossom. And you're really going to see some things in terms of their abilities and skills that you may not have thought that they could do. Yeah. You know, they're going to be doing things that you thought were impossible for them. So you're just going to see a lot of things. And so I would say just continue to be encouraged Mm -hmm. and don't look at it as if there are any limitations for your child because they're going to surprise you in amazing ways each and every year, each and every season of life.
2: Yeah, I love that. I love that. And I want to speak directly to moms for a moment, if I may. So the research shows that 50% of mothers raising kids with autism have elevated levels of despair, depression symptoms. So Lonnie and I say that raising Brayden, raising all of our kids is joy filled and just focusing on Brayden alone. We laugh like he's so much fun. Like we his quirks become our quirks, you know, (laughs) we call them Brayden isms. Like that's kind of the way that we've coped. But in, in the beginning, it was challenging. So for a lot of families, Sissy and David, who have kids on the spectrum or teenagers on the spectrum that have more severe or significant issues, life can be hard. So what I want to say as a way of encouragement is to know that centuries before us, and my family comes from Nigeria, West Africa, and in a lot of African cultures and Asian cultures and other cultures, that village concept is huge. Parenting, as you guys know, was never meant to be done alone. We need our village. And so our modern world has sort of propelled us in this place where we're just so busy and we don't lean on our village that much. So I just want to invite mothers and grandparents and fathers to lean on their village, whether that's a, by the way, that could be a Facebook group, that you're a part of that feels safe and calming and informative. It could be seeking support from your church. Our church has had occasional sort of respite Saturdays mm-hmm. where for four mm-hmm. hours, they take our kids. <laughs> And we're like, thank you, Jesus. (laughs) And then we go and get breakfast and they take our kids who are typical. So Brayden and Noah are able to go and they have fun and play games. And then there's so many different like respite nonprofits that do respite that's overnight. And Lonnie and I did one a few years ago through the Chick-fil-A Foundation that was amazing and just so refreshing. And we got a chance to be with other families who are going through similar experiences. So that's what I would say is lean into your village because it's joy filled and it can be hard.
0: Mm. Y'all, such good reminders. Thank you. I just am so grateful that people are going to get to hear you all. Me too. <laughs> so, in this season of the podcast, we're talking about raising emotionally strong, worry free kids as goals, knowing none of us are there, but moving towards. And if you all each had to say a favorite story or memory that's really shaped you from your growing up, what would you share?
3: Well, for me, one of the stories that always comes up is, you know, I grew up with my grandmother for a good portion of my childhood. For me, she was like a superhero. She would be up at the crack of dawn, she would have made biscuits and breakfast and watered flowers and all this stuff before I even woke up. <laughs> so, she could do everything. I looked I looked up to her, literally cuz she was pretty tall as well. And so, <laughs> as she got older, she was diagnosed with diabetes. And um, ultimately, she had to have both of her legs amputated. Mm. That was a a really tough time for me to see that happen to her. It it just really touched me. And I I cried a lot. I, I just went through this emotional process. The thing is, is that when I looked at her right after that, literally the next day. I mean, she did not cry one tear. She did not change anything about her life or her day-to-day activities, every day she still had that joy. She had just a smile on her face and she went about life in that way. And so basically what that did for me, it just really shifted my focus. Mm -hmm. And it really just made me realize that regardless of whatever your circumstances are, there's always something to be thankful for, just something to appreciate about life each and every day. So, so that's kind of how I live now. You know, as challenges come, whether it be in our parenting journey or just in life, I mean, I'm always just looking at it like, okay, this is something that I can learn from and grow from and I'm going to continue to to have joy and that peace within myself every day.
2: Mm. It's so true. That means I can't complain that much, you guys. (laughs) He's like, my mother, my grandmother, lost both her legs. I was like, you're right, baby. You're right. (laughs) Well, actually, you know what? Because of his experience, Lonnie always says to me, you guys relate to this. Traveling is exciting. It's not that glamorous, right? I guess what we do is awesome but the traveling part i think for me can be like really lonely and not woe is me but if i say anything like that like oh i missed you guys and he's like babe don't ever let your blessings become burdens like he Mm. says this to me all the time and i'm like okay you're right and i think that Mm. comes from his grandmother
1: Mm. (laughs) i love it
0: david did you get your taxes finished what did you say what are you eating
1: okay I am obsessed with these new chipotle barbecue kettle chips will you share I would have but they are all gone
0: where did you get them
1: thrive market
0: Oh, uh, how much do we love thrive market
1: I could record an entire podcast about that topic
0: you know who else loves thrive market patches She loves the surf and turf meaty littles from The Honest Kitchen.
1: I love that Patches has a surf and turf situation going on.
0: (laughs) From pets to kids to grownups, everyone can find things they love at Thrive.
1: Thrive Market is my go-to for all my grocery and household essentials. And the convenience of getting everything online then quickly shipped to my doorstep is a huge time saver.
0: I love that Thrive Market carries brands with the highest quality ingredients and sourcing methods. They restrict hundreds of ingredients across their food and cleaning categories, and I can use their on-site filters to suit my lifestyle needs.
1: Whether you're looking for organic kid snacks, low-sugar alternatives, or gluten-free pantry essentials, you can curate your own shopping experience with a few clicks.
0: And as a Thrive Market member, I save money on every single grocery order. On average, I save over 30% each time. They even have a deals page that changes daily and always has some of my favorite brands. David, how much did you save on your last order?
1: I saved $32.
0: I saved over $12.67.
1: How much did Patches save?
0: (laughs) A lot. She's ordering more than I am.
1: You got me hooked on ordering frozen foods. I got salmon, bacon, and pork this month.
0: Something else I love is when you join Thrive Market, you're also helping a family in need with their one-for-one membership matching program. You join, they give.
1: I love that too. Save time and money and shop Thrive Market today. Go to thrivemarket.com slash rbg for 30% off your first order plus a free $60 gift.
0: That's T-H-R-I-V-E market.com slash rbg. Thrive Market.com slash rbg.
1: What would you say are some things that you believe help your kids become emotionally strong and more worry-free?
2: Yeah. So I love to lean into the concept of just the growth mindset, which I know the two of you know and adopt and teach other parents. Educators lean into this idea. And I do this as, as a mom and also as a therapist and for your listeners who maybe haven't quite heard about that concept. The growth mindset, basically, this is like the simple definition, basically says, keep going, keep going. Because the skills and your abilities can be developed through hard work, through practice, through persistence. It's not just what you were born with, it's what you can develop. And so we're both pretty good about really encouraging all of our kids, Jalen and our boys to keep going. So for Anxiety and autism, for autism specifically, anxiety can be a really big part of the way that the symptoms manifest. And so anxiety, regardless if your child is, you know, neurodivergent or neurotypical, anxiety can lead to meltdowns in kids and adults, right? And so we just believe that the most important adult in the child's life has the ability to really move that child away from anxiety and toward resilience. Not that anxiety is going to go anywhere, but to be able to manage it. So just as a quick example, just to give, you know, maybe a practical for your listeners in the midst of a meltdown. And we had a season where that wasn't happening as much as Bray got older. He's now 11. He is in puberty. And so some things are coming up right now. And so that idea of a growth mindset has been really helpful as we are teaching him to use his language a little bit more. He's got language. He's not always comfortable using it outside of our home. So communication, of course, can be a huge barrier when you're trying to get your needs met. If you're not used to saying, hey, this is what I want. This is what I need. And so in the midst of you know, emotions beginning to escalate. What I do is I find it really helpful to just remind him in a really calm way. First, I calm myself and remind him in a calm way that he's been learning some things. He's been learning how to communicate. He's been learning to ask for a break. He's been learning to just to identify his emotions, right? I'll say, babe, what's going on? And he'll say, I feel sad. And I'm like, yeah, tell me more about that. I get that. And so I'll even say something like, I'm noticing that you're feeling really overwhelmed right now, Bray. And that's okay. But let's remember what we talked about last week. Sometimes it's, let's remember what we talked about yesterday,
3: (laughs) right for an hour
2: ago. Let's take some deep breaths. All right. And he'll start doing it real fast and like, slow it down. And now what is it that you need? I need a break, mommy. I'm hungry mommy I'm so his words start to come once we pause take a deep breath and then the logical part of his brain kicks in and then I'll even say let's try it together so the more our kids practice then that establishes a growth mindset so that's the whole idea of sometimes our kids need to build those skills but they need us to help them to do so so good
0: well, thinking back to your earlier years of parenting, what would you all say is something that you worried about that you maybe wish you hadn't?
3: <laughs> this is a funny one. <laughs> I, I, in the beginning, I think I worried about everything. Did. You know, honestly, I was just trying to wrap my mind around it and just trying to understand what does this mean for my son, you know? Mm-hmm. So yeah, so my... Thoughts were all over the place, but I think one thing that stood out initially was about was around potty training. You know, I didn't know if he would be able to master that skill, and you know, just thinking about what that would mean as he got older. So yeah, I definitely worried about it a lot. I wish I hadn't because I mean, he totally <laughs>
1: crushed it. Crushed it with no
3: problem. <laughs> that was the least of his challenges
2: at that time. At yeah. that time, that,
3: that was not a problem at all.
2: Yeah. And I think every mom and dad worries about just their child meeting those physical milestones, the academic milestones for sure. So for us at three is when Bray was diagnosed and I should share, we don't have a whole lot of time to share our entire journey, but Bray was not born showing any symptoms of autism. Whole another topic, whole another podcast session, but around (laughs) three. So he, we always say he was the kid at daycare friends that all the you remember this, Lonnie. All the mm-hmm. teachers, all the helpers would whisper, "Hey, I would babysit for free." And I'm like, <laughs> "What's your number? What's your number?" <laughs> yes, absolutely. Uh huh. Because he was just so like calm and well behaved, and then right around three, that stopped happening. <laughs> so, like, <laughs> nobody was offering that. He was having a lot of challenges, and so for me, he lost. He lost his speech. He just stopped talking. He started feeling really big things and I worried, was he gonna be able to talk? Was he gonna be able to read? We were told that he may not say, I love you, sister, I get emotional. We had this OT teacher who was also his hippotherapist. So he did equine therapy along with occupational therapy and I'll never forget her. I'm gonna say her name, Miss Heather Bray loved her, but you guys, she encouraged me. So I remember feeling like I could just be me. I don't have to be a professor. I don't have to be a therapist. I don't have to be, you know, over-functioning. So when I was around her, she would say to me, Chinway, she'd hold my hand and she'd say, Chinway, it's going to be fine. He is so smart. Plus he knows what he's doing. And yes, he can talk. He just doesn't want to. (laughs) I'm like, really? He can? (laughs) And then do you remember, honey? She said, and by the way, he's going to start reading in like a month. And I go, huh? She goes, he's going to start reading in like a month. And friends, he wasn't reading at that time. And four weeks later, he started reading. He reads like magnificently. So (laughs) So I would have told myself not to worry so much about those things Mm. in God's perfect timing. Mm.
1: Yes. Yes. Along those lines, what is one statement you wish someone had said to you as you started this parenting journey?
3: I think that statement would be, it will get better. Mm -hmm. Because initially, I was in a state of denial about the whole thing. Yeah. You know, I didn't want to accept it. I felt like, okay, yeah, this diagnosis is wrong. You know, do another test, you know, run it again kind of a thing. <laughs> and there is and there no test, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> right. And really, it made me feel helpless. And for me, that was tough because I always kind of had a, a mindset that, okay, if I work hard and I focus or if I put my mind to something, I can figure it out. And this was something that I couldn't figure out. Mm. And so it was something I didn't have an answer for. So, yeah, I would just say it will get better because over the years we've seen him just grow and develop and blossom in so many ways and do so many things that, you know, me personally, I, I didn't think that he would be able to. So, yeah, it will definitely get better.
2: I would agree with that. My friend Kristen Ivy over at Orange says all the time, it's a phase, just enjoy it. Don't try to push through it. Don't try to wish it away. Just enjoy it. So Mm -hmm. that's what I would say.
0: Well, we talk a lot about arming ourselves with truth. And we would love to hear a truth that has helped you all worry less as parents and people.
3: For me, one truth that, you know, is really... One that I hold on to is that God is real and that he is able. Mm
2: -hmm.
3: Honestly, my whole life has been a testament to that. And I can think back to example after example after example that basically speak to that, speak to his mercy, his grace and his power. And as it relates to just my life in general, my personal journey, but also our parenting journey. You know, everything that we've kind of dealt with as we've gone forward as parents, you know, God has been right there every step of the way. And when I felt like I needed him the most is when he kind of stepped in. Mm-hmm. When I felt like, OK, I don't know what's going to happen right now. I don't know what to do. He stepped in and provided the guidance and the direction and also the encouragement that I needed to just kind of keep going. So I would say that's one truth that sticks with me.
2: Yeah, Um, There is a scripture that is on Brayden's wall since he's been born, and it's the verse from Jeremiah 29, 11, for I know the plans that I have for you, plans to declare the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you a hope and a future. So that's an encouragement for me. And I hope it's an encouragement for others whenever you're facing really difficult life circumstances, including what you all are facing in Nashville right now. As I mentioned earlier, Bray's almost 12, so puberty for kids on the spectrum can be pretty intense. So I love this verse because it really does remind me, and it's one of his favorites as well. It's on his wall. He can't miss it. Mm -hmm. And he loves reading the Bible. So it just gives us comfort in knowing that God doesn't promise to immediately rescue us from hardship. That's not the promise or even suffering, but rather he promises to be there and he promises to have a plan and he promises to prosper us. And and then we can have hope in that. So that's a good truth, I think, for us. Mm.
1: For all of us. Thank you. Yes. Yes. Well, you two, we like to end with something fun and food related. (laughs) And we have a two part question for you. Queso or
3: guac? And what's your favorite taco? (laughs) Uh, Well, I would say queso, but here's the caveat to that.
2: Oh my
3: gosh. I like (laughs) avocado a lot, but when you take an avocado and you do the magic that turns it into guac. I don't really love it at that point anymore, <laughs> so I'll eat an avocado, but I don't like guacamole. So I'll take the queso, and as far as the tacos go, I'll have to go with the carne asada with the chimichurri, Ooh. but no, no onions though, no onions.
2: <laughs> <laughs> okay, so I will take the guac, and i I will have the fish taco with a little bit of lettuce and extra onion. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, uh huh. Lonnie just loves that.
1: <laughs> I love it. And between the two of you, we have all our bases covered right, right there.
2: Yeah, the queso,
1: the guac, the onions in one place, not in the other. What you are your two.
2: favorites? I'm trying to remember.
1: I know. I was
0: thinking, did we, when we were in Atlanta and got to eat with you, Chinway, I don't even remember where we ate. I was so engrossed in getting to talk to you I and be with you in person. We ate, see, we ate at know. Super Rico. Oh, See, Sissy. I didn't know. I just was so happy to sit next to Chinway. I didn't know where we were.
2: Yeah, we had a really good time that night. So remember we got ice cream afterwards? Yes, I do remember that. Yes. Okay, so Sissy, let me tell you how I remember. David, this is for you too. I was in Charlotte last week working at an awesome school for a couple of days and I did a parent night and I was like exhausted. And I was like, where do I go find food? And they're like, well, we can go with you. I'm like... No, i will just going by myself, you know, <laughs> you just get people out, yes. right? And they were yes. so sweet and they completely understood. And so they're like, well, let me see what was, what's open. And they go, well, you know, David Thomas was here in December and he went to this restaurant called, I was like, let me guess, Mexican. And she said, yes, how'd you know? And she said, it's called Suprica's, it's right down the road. I was like, ah, of course.
1: <laughs> yes, David, that's so good. do you so remember good. that? I very much remember that. I love that place.
2: And I bet I you went by that. yourself too, didn't you? I
1: did. I did. And I just <laughs> keep company with those great sauces there and the fajitas. Yes. Love Ooh. it. Oh, my goodness. Y'all, oh, yeah. thank
0: you. This was so good and so helpful. I just I really am so excited for us to have it as a resource forever for parents. Y'all have offered a lot of great
1: truth. So thank you. I know. And no one listening is surprised that this woman we have now had on three times. No mm-hmm. one is surprised that we keep repeating wanting your voice. Yeah. And Lonnie, you just elevated it to a whole new level. <laughs> yes, you and did. Adding your voice to this. So we just cannot thank you both enough. We're and grateful. Nashville's waiting
2: for you both. Yes. Nashville's oh my waiting. goodness. Well, is there a Suprika there? I'm sure there, there is. is. There a is a here. I think your friend. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we will, we will definitely be visiting. and. Before we sign off officially, I just want to share with you that I, obviously, we both have been thinking about the two of you this entire week and praying for you. And I was like, okay, Lord, I want to send something, but what do I send? And you know, all the things. So I reached out to this company. I saw something on Instagram. I was like, mm, this looks delicious. I'm a foodie. I was like, <laughs> I wonder if they deliver. And so I reached out and I said, do you deliver to Nashville? And they said, no, we don't deliver out of state, but tell me more. And I am not kidding. The lady responded and I told her what I was wanting to do. And she said, oh, my goodness, I love the work they do. David and Sissy have been a huge resource to our family, raising our boys. I love that they're walking with those families. No better place for those kiddos to land. Mm. How can I help you make this happen?
0: Mm. Wow. Well, thank you for sharing she that. That's amazing. Uh- <laughs>
2: <laughs> look at Jesus so I won't tell you what it is Jesus okay. yeah in case you don't like it but it's coming your way <laughs> oh my way you are
0: dear thank you friend yes oh, thank you you are something. so much yeah.
1: so grateful thank yeah. you
2: love you both
0: it's our joy to bring the experience and insight we gain through our work beyond the walls of the Daystar House
1: if you enjoyed this conversation Please share it with your friends. And don't forget to click the follow button in your favorite podcast app so you never miss an episode. To learn more about our parenting resources or to see if we're coming to a city near you, visit our website at RaisingBoysAndGirls.com.
0: Join us next time for more help and hope as you continue your journey of raising boys and girls.